Lighthouse, playing La Floridian, Friday, September 29th, for WMNF's 44th Birthday Bash. Tickets on sale now at WMNF.org. This month, we're celebrating Latin heritage. And on Friday, September 22nd at 7 p.m. in the WMNF Live Music Studio, Living Mirror Playback Theater will join the celebration with improv enactments of stories from the Latin community. Opening remarks by Isha Del Valle, host of WMNF's Latinx radio show. It will be a compelling evening of community sharing and theater, and these shows are free. But space in our studio is limited, so please reserve your seat online at WMNF.org. O-R-G slash events. And support for WNF and the live music showcase comes from listeners like you and Generations Cosmetic and Family Dentistry. This modern dental office provides both routine and complex treatments, including improving smiles. More at gendentistry.com. And welcome to the live music showcase here on WMNF 88.5, or as we like to say, 88.5, and that's no jive. I'm Reverend Billy C. Wirtz, your host this afternoon. Ken Apperson is uh, away. He'll be back next week. But it is my extreme pleasure to be able to host and hang out with my really, really good buddy. And you all are in for a treat. Sit down. Don't you go nowhere. Pour yourself up something. Do what you got to do to put yourself in the right mood for some great music. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bob Bob Malone here today on the Live Music Showcase. Bob, it's great to have you. It's great to be here. Listen, um, we've got a lot of time and a lot of music, but I just really want to hear you. Go ahead and why don't you knock one out for us, and then we can talk a little bit. And uh, welcome to the Live Music Showcase. okay.
<laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, man, you sound great as ever. It's so good to see you. You too. Tell me where you've been recently. Uh, well, I was at Heidi's Jazz Club on the Space Coast. Right. They launched a rocket the night before, and I had no idea that was going to happen. I thought it was the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a totally new experience. Well, oh, listen, God, it was, yeah. it's great to see you. Why don't we back up and roll it all the way back? When did you start playing an instrument? Uh, when I was nine, I started taking, uh, p you know, classical piano lessons. Uh-huh. And, and, and I was I was into, until I was 15, I didn't listen to any kind of pop music. Or I was into, like, classical music, modern classical music in particular, and fusion. I don't, right. <laughs> that's what I was into. And when I was, so I was 11 mm. years old, I, you know, I couldn't really talk to the other kids about music because, you know, they weren't listening to you know, Stravinsky and Return to Forever. Sure, <laughs> sure. And then, you know, I discovered everything else when I was a, a teenager, basically. Right. Who was the first piano player that you, you heard and, and in the way of more like popular music that opened the door for you that you went, I want to play like oh, that? Oh, it was Billy Joel, you know. Really? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was... 15 in New Jersey, right? You know, okay, 1980, right? 81, right. Okay. something like that. Yeah, and then I discovered, uh, and I that whole thing was what I grew up on, you know, that plus the classical music, and sure, and then I discovered like roots music and blues, New Orleans, right? You know, probably when I was in college, you right. know, you want to do a song, you want to do us a song from back in that era, yeah, oh, but from my uh, from the early years, yeah, yeah, okay. You know this one. This is my big, this is my about to be 30 year old song. Okay. <laughs> it's like the whole scenario of this song is so, it seems so exhausting to me now. It's like, right. it's like somebody else wrote this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The whole having an affair and, you know, like it's just all so, <laughs> yeah, right. it's just too much work, man, yeah. you know? <laughs> Well, you sure look surprised to see me leaning on the bar when you came in the door. On the arm of that cat I seen you with a couple of times before. You looked a little nervous when you introduced me as your old friend from out of town, and I reached out to shake his hand. Cause I know that he's your husband, mama. But he don't know that I'm your man Well, I don't mean to make you so uneasy On your romantic evening out Guess I slip out the back before the dude starts to wonder What all your nervous times is about Cause all the hitching and the twitching Gonna blow your whole cover Honey, that ain't hard to understand Cause I know that he's your husband Mama now
few And I guess he'd agree that out of all my bad habits The worst one I got is you Well, you were relieved to see me leave But I do believe I hear from you in a day or two Say your husband's working late at the office And could I come by and do some work on you That's just great. You know, the one thing I really like about your playing is there's a lot of things about it, but you've got that stride thing going on in the left hand. And, you know, that stride is, I mean, that's ancient. That's from before the turn of the century. I know. And yet it still works. It drives. It's bass and drums, you know. Exactly. It drives the whole, you know, the, the, the whole groove. So you're playing classical and then you... So uh, my first high school garage band was... Uh, called high altitude <laughs> and it, it really was not a drug reference but of course all the parents were like it's a drug reference <laughs> and where was that we had not yet discovered drugs you know yeah um that was in new jersey right practicing in my garage and we and we did our first show paid got paid a hundred dollars you know and um and then i remember we we met this agent who would like pay us, get us paid money to play at like weddings and stuff. Oh yeah. So we learned like all kinds of tunes, you know. So we're like oh, back there. We're, so we're in a garage, you know. <laughs> but then, so so we're rehearsing uh, "Dream On" by Aerosmith. Right. Like, super loud. Yeah, yeah. And somebody called the cops, right? And so the cops, but by the co by the time the cops showed up, we were on, like, you know, yeah, right. and the, you know, and the cops were like, "Why are why are we here?" I said, "Well, you know, it's a it's a really varied set list." So, right. <laughs> so they missed that. Said, so, you know, that was my first band and it's like your first band is whoever your friends are so my two of my closest friends were horn players so i had to come up with stuff with horns in it right you know? right, so, right right yeah and then i had a band in college and we toured like the new england i was at berkeley college of music and then by the time i got to la i was just me and i just hired people to be in my band did you ever have any other jobs along the way have you ever worked on any other jobs one uh summer there was like one summer I was a like a music counselor at a at a camp mm -hmm. um, uh, like a like a day camp you know and I would say it was this is like 84 or whatever and uh, so the kids would I would sit at this crappy electronic keyboard like mm. under a tree you know right. and, and there was the kids would crowd around and I was totally like not going to force them to sing stuff they didn't want so I was just what do you want to sing right and it was mostly like Ghostbusters over and yeah. over again right they just loved it right yeah. so it was the hits of the day you know I, I did that I drove a delivery van while I was making a living playing music right, right. 
I don't know why I took this delivery van job. It was like a, um, I thought, well, I'll have so much money if I work all day and all night. And play you know, all night. Right? You're right, yeah. Except that I got like three hours of sleep. You know? Right, right. What was the big, there, all of us that make a living at it have what I call the big bang moment, which, man, it been a big at the time, but it was the moment where you said, I'm going to go for this. I got. I, I can do this. I, I want to do this. Oh, it was immediately. I mean, uh, while I was in, I, while I was in high school, I was playing every weekend, and then in college, I paid for my apartment doing gigs like six nights a week. Wow! And you know, playing like solo, right? Piano and singing gigs. You know, right. so I never considered doing anything else. Okay. You know, the brushes with a day job even were well that delivery. I. I did that delivery job for like three months and I totaled the truck <laughs> in a snowstorm and I just didn't even come back the next day. I knew I was right. fired and I was like, you know, this is unsafe. I'm going to stick with the music yeah. thing. <laughs> that was basically it. You yeah. know, along the way, we, we work up our own stuff, but we learn you've obviously played your share of lounges. I've played like a lot of the hillbilly bars. That's why I throw in Floyd Kramer. Yeah. Just for the fun of it, because we got time here, play me something out of the lounges. Play me a good lounge tune that you still like playing. Oh, okay. Well, I used to do this, although I, you know... Great stuff, you know. I, I mean, put myself through college doing that, you know. Sure, sure. <laughs> we all we all have those. The, every now and then, hit hit a wall. We all have those moments or things that are a challenging point. What's uh? Where was a? Where was an obstacle along the way? Oh, it was all. You know, it's the music business, so it's like all obstacles. You know, <laughs> great answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. Seems like you basically ninety nine percent of things don't happen. You know, and mm -hmm. then and then that one thing will happen right when you're losing hope, and then you're good for another ten years, basically. Right. right? You know, yeah. that's you know, uh, I got sober in two thousand one. You know. Right. I was a big obstacle to myself, I think, up to that point. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think the the only time I really thought I wasn't going to be able to make a living playing was when that recession happened, like 2009-ish, you know, 10, that was 2010. Tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I everything, I had like 
it was a delay because I had a, like a year of stuff booked and I was working, but the crowds were like small and I already didn't have huge crowds. Like I needed everyone I could get, yeah. you know, like big headliner acts were, were playing for 200 people instead of 2000, you know, like it sure. was really dire. Yeah. And, uh, and then everything dried up. Like there was nothing. And mm-hmm. I was just about, I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm done. And that's when I get the Fogarty call happen. Like that happened right when I, had no work. Tell us about that. I was like, uh, my my lawyer, he's more than my lawyer, he's a big entertainment attorney, but we were both the same age, and we met when we were in our 20s and kind of came up together, and he always, he's always had my back. He's always looked out for me if something cool comes along. Great. So he, he's John's lawyer, you know. So he they had fired their keyboard player, um, got drunk and fell off a riser. Oop. Yeah, oops. <laughs> not that I hadn't done that myself, right, right, but right. just yeah. not on that gig. Sure, you know? right. And uh, they, he hounded them. They like they wanted somebody they knew already, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I finally get this call to go audition for John Foch. So I go over to his house in the Hollywood Hills, and it was like uh, in his garage, you know. And uh, and they had they like, put a band together. It's like its two sons were playing, and the guitar tech was playing. He wasn't even there. And his wife was watching me. She like manages him and kind of runs the whole thing. And uh, so I'm playing tunes. I'm like I'm playing Credence tunes in a garage. Like everyone has done this except it's John Fogarty's garage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. It was yeah. the only difference, yeah, right? right? And so I did a couple tunes. I think it was like a courtesy auditions. They wanted to get rid of me, you know, uh, and and shut Jason up, you know, from mm-hmm. bothering them. But uh, she was like, oh, my God. And she filmed me doing a tune. And then she goes, hold on. And she goes in a house for like 15, 20 minutes. And I'm sitting there wondering. And she comes back out with John. And I do like two more songs for him. And that was that was it. So, and they, What was one of the songs you did me. for you? Did for him? I mean. Uh, one. I don't. I you don't, know what? You want one? I don't remember. Um, it was mostly like 50s rock tunes. Oh, okay. You know, it was a lot. <laughs> The stuff we like to play, yeah, yeah. So, right. yeah, and 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 a couple of credence to whatever the things. It's all organ stuff, you sure. Know. Uh, anyway, I got that gig, you know, and that was 2011, so, right? You know, and it was very helpful. Okay, can you play one of the songs for? Can you play a a, a tune that you play that you like playing with Fogarty? One well, you yeah, you part? know, I uh, worked up my own version, my own radically different version of. Uh, of one of his tunes and I put it on my new record. So great. What a great plug for me. There you go. <laughs> for my new record. Okay. You won't know what's coming. I see a bad moon rising. And I see the trouble on the way. Lightning. I 
It's <laughs> great. So tell me about the Fogarty gig. Well, you know, uh, so much my NDA keeps me from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's uh, it's been a real adventure. I mean, I've played all these big venues. You know, played Hollywood Bowl and uh, right. You know, the first the first week I was in the band, we went to Russia and uh, played wow, tell a me about festival that. for like. We played in front of three hundred thousand people at this festival, and uh, I was still like learning the tunes, uh -huh. you know. And then we played Moscow, and we went home <laughs> there for two yeah, days. Yeah, right. It was brutal, man. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's a. Ch Let me ask you. I mean, you and I are, are bar club players. We play in clubs and bars, and you know, small rooms. And to go from that to that must. Uh, it felt right for me, you uh -huh. know. I love I, I love playing in big rooms, you know. Right. And like it felt totally natural to okay. uh, to do the, you know, the big shows. Now some of the big uh, some of the big uh, acts have the same set pretty much every night, or they have a set A and a set B. Yeah, it it varies a bit, but it's. I mean, he's got like about twenty five giant hits that he's got to play, so that's most of the that's most of the set right there mm -hmm. so two or three other random songs will get pulled in and out basically, but there's always that core of of the big ones sometimes then you get to all of them you know right like sometimes something huge like Lodi will disappear from the set for a few months then suddenly reappear for whatever yeah. reason you, <laughs> yeah, right. you know he's sick of it or whatever you know so yeah. So it's pretty. It's pretty always the same kind mm -hmm. of. You know, it it has some slight variations, but you know, they come to hear those core. You know, oh. 
And there's a lot of them. It's like you forget how many there are till you do it. Oh, you know? the, yeah, the number. Well, you know, when I, I remember when I saw Al Green, he would start a song, and they just kind of go like this with the mic, and the audience literally sang the first two verses. Yeah, that's how it is. I They're mean, all, it's funny because uh, we'll be up there, we're well into a tour, everyone's kind of like exhausted or whatever, and, you know, you just look out and the crowd is... Uh, you know they're they're transported. You know they grew up with these tunes. Oh, I mean these tunes are almost the same age as me, basically. Like my whole life. Yeah. Right. Fifty some years. These the Creedence tunes have been out there. You know. Right. So anyway, it's cool. Which Al tune? Green. I opened for Al Green on New Year's two thousand. Right when everyone thought Y two K was going to happen. Right. And uh, I went out there and Al Green wasn't even there so they said uh, you gotta play an hour opener because Al Green is only gonna okay. do like 45 minutes no encore right? oh so, lord I know so every, and there, there's a DJ it's a house of blues in Hollywood right oh, it's no. packed you know everyone paid like a million bucks to be there and everyone's oh, like no. dancing to di- dis- Boogie Oogie Oogie was playing right, right? Yeah. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's dancing doing disco like everyone's just partying their asses off and they cut the music and they go ladies and gentlemen Bob Malone and I go out there by myself and sit down at a piano and like everyone's really angry you know so I had one song to turn them around. So I just ripped with all that I had. And they all kind of went from angry and he turned around and like, okay, it's, yeah. pretty, <laughs> yeah. it's fairly acceptable. And then right. by the end of the tune, it was like, but I could not let that energy up. Like I don't, it was one of those no ballad sets, you know, I just, yeah, yeah. I just kept going and, uh, and I'd come off and the, the, the monitor guys like, you are a brave man. <laughs> so I had no choice really. Play one. Oh, okay. Here, this is, uh, speaking of ballads. My friends and I, we're not doing that well. Oh, Stevie, keep it hid We don't suffer and tell And my friends and I We've seen the road get rough Some of us made it through Some of us weren't strong enough And oh, so hard to say goodbye So forgive me if I've been unkind Going through it, all my friends and I My friends and I, where we're sisters and we're brothers Never fit in anywhere Till we found each other And my friends and I Misfits and broken toys Brave face on the outside Inside just frightened girls and boys And oh, so hard to say goodbye 
me try now So forgive me if I've been unkind Going through it, all my friends and I great tell me about that man oh that was just um you know the last five years or so just yeah really like you know in full middle age and oh well, i hear you friends yeah. of mine dying yeah and, and just uh i was just really in a bad place you know good got some songs out of it but it was a rough it was a rough go and tell, I, you know tell- that was just I just put it on paper. Perfect, maybe. perfect jump off point. Tell me about the writing process for you. Do you sit down and go, okay, because you know it's it's all again. We musicians tend to be a very undisciplined lot, and to get anything done, it's like you have to sit there. I have to stare and go, okay, practice for one hour. I actually literally have to set a clock. Yeah, you know, write for one hour. Do you do you set aside blocks of writing time? Do you? No, it's just something will come to me and uh, like it. These days, I'll get some lyrical idea, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll write it down or right I'll put it into the phone. Isn't right? that great? Yeah, sometimes I'm at sound check and yeah. it's like all kinds of chaos and I'm just noodling. And, you know, like you noodle mindlessly on the piano sure. and like stop thinking about what you're playing and something will happen yeah. that is a result of you not just doing your stock yeah, stuff. It's and then, the flow. And, yeah. and then you're like, oh, that's that could be a song and right. then I'll get that and it might sit there for a year and I'll finally get around to it. And uh, basically, I'll start working on a tune, and it'll either be like this is a go, it's going to happen, and I'll yeah. I'll finish it, or uh, or it's I'm struggling with it, which often means it's not really working, and I just have to you know it's easier now, like 
at this age to see when something's not working, you know, and just just let it go. The biggest thing now is I've written so many songs that I'll come up with tons of stuff that is like pretty good, but it's kind of something I already did better already. You know what I mean? And so it's a solid professionally written tune, but it's like just kind of a B version of some better song I had or somebody else's. So I abandoned all of those. I think I would, you know, it was easier to keep something like that back in the day when I had less tunes, you know. But Okay, well, let me ask you this. I have songs that I wrote a long time ago, just like you do, that quit playing for whatever reason. And somebody says, do you still play blah, 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 blah? Oh, no, right. but I'll play it. And they'll go, that's a great song. That happens to me. I it, got a lot it, of older songs. That, you know, during the pandemic, I every week I did a show online. Right. And fans would listen and pay to right. hear me and uh, so a lot of these were people who've been following me from the beginning and they were asking for old tunes that I had not played in 20 years you what's know? one of the older ones that you've recently started doing again ah jeez I, I would have to pull out my cheat sheet here let's see so I was dragging out some old tunes and I was like these are some of them I, I they remained abandoned except for maybe the one time that I played it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, right. But, you know, I mean, I think a lot of them a lot of the older tunes were clever, right? Yeah. But uh I wasn't being brave and exposing myself. And then when I started kind of writing like that, like mm-hmm. the clever thing just seemed I just didn't want to do it anymore, you know. Right. It just felt uh, gimmicky gimmicky right yeah. you know and I, and I it felt like a cover for i'm afraid to say what i really right. want to say so i'll play some fancy stuff and i'll be real clever and yeah. have a lot of internal rhymes and i can relate ev- everyone <laughs> liked it right it was not bad it was yeah. just i wasn't really it was it was it was a front kind of in a way sure you know? i didn't know that at the time right i just was i and i like clever songs mm-hmm. right so it wasn't uh, it's hard to explain you know i just Anyway, here's an old... All right, if you want to hear a real old one. On the original recording, there's like a seven-minute sax solo on this, but I won't do that. <laughs> I bowled up right in bed when I should be sleeping instead Through this lonely stretch of night I'm sweating whiskey out my pores so Whiskey ain't helping no more it just gets more and more unkind And the clock's tick-tock sound like a gunshot In my over-eager ear And I'm alone and it's dark But that don't matter to my heart Cause I can still see your face so clear So quiet I swear I can hear my heart break And it sounds when it's hell Just to be awake in the darkest part of the night all right, I see the dog is part of the night. Uh-huh. Broken down, broken hearted, I'm just getting started on this long and hopeless night. You think by now I know how to sleep alone, but I just can't seem to get it right. Yeah, I just i 
Tune. Hadn't played that in like, I like that. 25 years. Yeah, it sounds great. Did you, uh, somebody tell me, did you play with Ringo? Yeah, I did a session with Ringo in D- 2017. Tell me about that. Ringo, man. yeah. So, guy that engineered one of my records, one of my last two records. Right. He, he, en- he engineers all the Ringo stuff. You know, he's like his house guy, right. basically. Uh, him and, and Joe Walsh, right? Those are his two guys. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's a good gig, you know? Right. <laughs> so, uh, he... He just calls me. I'm, I'm backstage at this theater doing a sound check for a show, and the sound guy was terrible. It was, like, taking forever, and I was really pissed off and kind of just, like, in a bad mood. And right. he calls, and he's like, hey, man, you want to do a session with Ringo on Monday? You know, it'd be really easy. You just go over to his house. And he said, like, casual, like, you get this call every yeah, day, right? right? You, know? you want to go eat pizza? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, you want to yeah, just yeah. go hang out? You want to hang out with Ringo? Yeah, man? Get, yeah so... and. Uh, I was like, I don't know, man. Let me check. No, it's, so right. Okay. I kind of ran around in circles for a few seconds, sure. and I was like, Sure, man. Right. <laughs> you know, I tried to, so uh, it was at his house, you know, which was in the Hollywood Hills. So it was. I live in L.A. For those right. of you who don't know, and and uh, so it was like ten minutes from my. Basically, the in in L.A. There's like the valley where you, when you're playing bar gigs, you know, you, you live in the valley, right. right? You live in North Hollywood, and then if you're like session guy to the stars and you have better gigs and you live in in um you know like studio city that's where i live now yeah. right and then and if you're the star you live in hollywood yeah, so it's right. like a just kind of a yeah. southward progression right. you know right so i i moved my, i made my way uh, right yeah, yeah. so went over to his house 
uh, well, if, if my wife and I are sitting in bed the night before and we're like looking it up on Google Maps, you know, and it's like a picture of his gate, you know, in the garbage cans. Yes. She's like, oh my God, that's Ringo's garbage can. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not like all the big stars are in all of the Beatles. Like, it's not like a nor, it's, it's a different level, you yeah, know, right? Because sure. every single like pers- famous person I've been around that, that's older th- than me they're all they all have the same origin story they're like i heard the beatles on ed sullivan right right and i and that was it you know i mean i heard the beatles in 1980 when i was like 14 oh, for the first time right <laughs> yeah and and it blew my it blew my wheels the same way right you know they don't it was it was a different time but right, yeah. it didn't matter it was like sure. i was just totally you know yeah so uh it doesn't matter where you hear, but all all the guys that were like a kid or like a young teenager right. when that when they played in '64, they they all were like, "I'm going to play rock and roll because yeah. of this." Right? Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. So they're all like in awe. Right. You want to get that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I put mine on. Uh, I put mine on airplane mode. I thought I did Because <laughs> they were coming Sorry. in fast and furious. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you can't not look. Right, you know? right. Anyway, so we went over to Ringo's house. The, the gate's open. You go down a long driveway. And, uh, you know, there's a big sculpture, like the peace and love, you know, thing, right, like in the driveway. And a couple of cars to go and walk past the pool over to the wing of the house that was like the studio. And uh, I went in there and... And uh, we cut the tune. He was there. I, the rest of the track had been cut. It was so I was overdubbing, and it was the band. It was like him on drums. It was Joe Walsh was on it. Uh, Nathan East was playing bass. Uh, it was all like heavy people, you know. But I wasn't in the room with them, which is a shame. But anyway, I cut the part. Ringo was very involved. He really knew what he wanted, and uh, that was it. He was like, at the end, he's like, another find in the valley. <laughs> you know? Oh, great. He showed me his drums. He's like, you want to see my drum? You know, the funniest thing about me, he's like, hi, Ringo. I'm like, I know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's just a guy. He's going to introduce himself, right. you know. So, wow. Anyway, it was uh, it was great. And I, I got out of the session. I went home, and I was, like, going to do some work or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I just did this session with, oh. I can't I can't do anything. So I invited all my friends over for a barbecue, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, and if I never get to do anything else good again, I like, you know, I've done, but you know what I'm saying. It was, sure. It oh. was a real moment to, to be well, able to do that. And that actually kind of leads into, and that yeah. might be the answer, because I was going to ask you, you know, you're a kid from Jersey. Yeah. You have hopes and dreams like everybody else, and along the way, even though you're playing, you wonder, you know, and then there's that point where you you've hit it and you find yourself i don't know if it was with fogarty or what but you sit and go oh my god oh my god i'm here you know this is real i'm doing this can you remember that moment when it was just like yeah i yeah i can remember that moment i mean i felt even before that i was traveling around the world and playing my own songs and making a living at that and like that felt like uh a win to me you know right. what i mean like i next never thought it would i'd be involved in something of that size right you know with a private plane and all that you know so uh it but it it uh yeah it felt great 
it was it was it was great to, mm-hmm. you know it's hard to explain i can't, it was more it, it was not a flash as it was more of a progression you know and mm-hmm. then i got used to it and started complaining a lot you know, sure no, <laughs> so listen we got about seven minutes to go something like that why don't you do do one you want to do and then we can play it on out but uh you oh, know right okay
Cardi, give me a little, give me a little bit of boogie woogie in the background back there. I'm gonna let you play it. You've been listening to the live music showcase. We'd like to thank our sound mixer, Pam Robinson, our audio assistant, Bill Dudley, video director, Ed Lehman, cameras, Marsha Connors, and Stella Coda. Board ops, Tim Shire, photographer, Carrie Beltran. Our studio number is 813-239-9663. I'm Reverend Billy C. Wirtz. You're listening to WMNF 88.5. Stay tuned for the Rhythm Revival. We're going to play some Boogie Woogie. been our guest today. Thanks to everyone. Come on over here, man. Tampa.